Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm good. I, you know, I think I wish that that this slider that my finger's on right now, I think I wish it was turny instead of pulley. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it might be, because, like, I've got to, like... Get a, you know, move your hand. There's lots of hand motions. It's not just a finger right flex or a wrist turn. It's yeah, like you right. have to kind of you have to work your way down the board. If it was rolling like a proper pot, I could just uh, I could just like do the do the the finger twirl thing. Mm-hmm. But I can't. As it is, I can't. And no, we got real we got real problems up in the studio right now. I'm doing yeah. well. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm enjoying some. Lovely scotch, courtesy uh, of my friend Andrew. That, he which sounds is, nice. Which is you. He's a very nice fellow. Uh, it's Talisker Storm. We we. So my first time having Talisker. I've recently learned that it's the only scotch distillery on the island of Skye. Perhaps the only distillery. Period. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, they just say they're the only distillery, which would make sense that they're the only distillery at all, but. <laughs> Maybe and, the only scotchery. And as we do with foreign words, at least when we know we're going to say them ahead of time, uh, we looked up pronunciation. Uh, Talisker, uh, in fairness, that's an easier one. You, you know, I said, how do you say that? And you said, it's Talisker. But we looked it up anyway, just to be sure. And uh, the person who was doing the voice acting for that pronunciation video was Logan Roy, which having, you know, been fully engrossed in season three whatever the most recent season of succession uh, <laughs> made me chuckle it's <laughs> logan roy telling me how to say talisker uh the more you know <laughs> thanks logan roy uh yeah no i'm doing really well andrew how are you good i have had a really good day you know you know those days that like just everything goes the way you need it to yeah i've heard a song about this yeah by ice cube yeah it was it was that kind of day i spent uh most of it making broth if, with, you, if you got a beep from kim i'm gonna be pissed what never mind keep going oh i don't understand i don't get it. most things um <clears throat> from the song it's fine I, uh, carry on carry on uh i spent most of the day just kind of like chilling over a five gallon kettle Making broth with my turkey bones. Was it a was it a beer making kettle? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's, it's I've just used a kettle. It. It's just a five gallon kettle, but I own it and have used it primarily for making beer. But annually, I use it for making broth with my turkey bones, and that's what I did today. And the house smells delicious. Oh, it smells really good. It's a l- real humid in here. It's not bad, but it, I mean, my stove ran for like four or five hours today, just evaporating. And you and you've got gas, Liquid. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gas keeps a soup at a much better boil than electric will ever do. Ever, it is. Yes, it's terrific. My- that was that was one of the the key selling points of any house that we bought this go around was a gas range. And my wife was like, I don't get why you care. And I was like, I care. You don't cook. But th- that's why I care. Yeah. It, it's, 
I've never had it. I've never really like cared all that much because I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but having it for the first time in my life, you know, in this last year, I just like kind of check. You know, there's a a couple things that I don't think it does as well. But they're but they're. I mean, it's like one thing out of a hundred. Um, everything else, I've just been so. What doesn't it do as well? Um. You'll have to give me a moment because I remember what it was or I when it happened, I was like, oh, this is the thing. But I can't think of it right now. It'll come to me, though. It doesn't get as hot as fast. There's a little bit of lead time. But I have yet to find a single thing that I prefer. That didn't do well. An electric range to to gas. Sure. It's a little harder to clean. There's more parts. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's easier to clean. Because you know what? I just take everything off. I just spray some of the low-fume oven cleaner on it. Scritcha, scritcha. And then it's like totally clean. I don't do that. I let my wife do it. (laughs) I actually have no idea how she does it. It's like magic. Does it look clean afterwards, though? No. No. (laughs) It does. It Uh, does. you, You know, we actually do have a gal that comes every two weeks and like cleans the corners and uh you know, the places that we don't ever get to. And she she always wipes down the counters, wipes down the stove, but she never cleans the stove good enough for me. So the rest of the house is clean, and I always clean the stove that night. Because she's not going to spend, you know, it takes some time, and she doesn't want to spend that time. And, and frankly, I don't want her to spend that time. And either. there's crevices. And-, and she gets it. She does. She's a, she's a crevice cleaner. I'll just say that much for her. <laughs> <laughs> that is not... Any right. sort of innuendo, or I'm, I'm going to need her number. <laughs> We've offered it to you a number of times. Uh, yeah, we should. It's getting bad. We should really, yeah. we should really talk about watches. Uh, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> I do want this crevice cleaner's phone number. You can just text it to me later. <laughs> I feel like I've been unduly inappropriate at the beginning of this episode. Uh, it's usually sort of like later, later in the game. And we, I feel like I just started off, you know. Sometimes with innuendo. Sometimes we take a hard left turn, and I think maybe that's going to just be the tone for the night. So if you're not interested in us having a fun time and drinking beer and talking watches, why drinking are beer, you even here? Drinking beer and whiskey. We both have. Well, I had a glass of beer and a glass of whiskey. Yeah. Well, glass of whiskey, can of beer. Yeah, I had whiskey, and I don't think you you, you drank yeah, it. I did. I did. And now I'm on to beer, which is good because I can drink beer at a pace that, you know, I want to drink it at. And Whiskey before weird. beer in the clear. Yeah. Or in the rear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep it going. So, watches. Yeah. Today. Sm- little watches. Today we're talking little watches. Small, small watches. Just the little buddies. And here's why. I'm in love with the Rolex Explorer. The the two the one four the yeah the one four two seventy. Is it one four it's one, two it's, seven zero or one two four seven zero? One of those two. It's one fourteen two seven. Five digit yeah. five digit explorer. Black dial. The thirty six millimeter black dial. I'm in love with it. And anybody who isn't is a weirdo. It, because it's like it, it's like the it's like a the watch. Yeah. Like when I think of the watch, it's that one. But here's the problem. Like in, the band, same thing. Yeah. Here's, here's the problem, though. In January, 
they were like five thousand dollars to five to six thousand dollars with box and papers today it is november 29th happy early birthday you missed the bus motherfucker it's no box no papers for like eight grand will send me one on reddit for 69.69 and i was like man that's a good deal (laughs) i was like wait a second that's seven thousand dollars no box no papers yeah what the fuck yeah so yeah crown and caliber right now like an 8500 papers no box yeah so that's where we are which begs the question for those of us who aren't going to spend that kind of money or spend five years on a wait list after having bought nine two-tone ops to have a purchase history what have we got what's out there for those of us who want a small sub 38 millimeter case sport watch i think the good news is your thesis was that there's a, a big disparity at the at the beginning of our research at the beginning of our research i think your emotional thesis was there just isn't very much in the way of small watches and i think that together our research has sort of proven us otherwise at, at least it's proven to us that smaller when i say small watches when we say small watches we mean smaller mm-hmm. than you know 40 38 mm-hmm. was sort of the floor when i came in right mm-hmm. um and and th- that was like a 38 millimeter watch is small i remember buying the the snk and sort of um lamenting not lamenting but sort of fearing the decision like this is going to be too small and the sarb i did the same thing with the sarb i was like i don't think this is going to be big enough for me i think i'm going to get it and it's just not going to be big enough so she said <laughs> the 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 scenery has changed in that regard yes and the industry is catching up to that because we saw in the last 5 years a industry wide trend away from the 42 to 44 millimeter watches into the 38 to 41 millimeter watches. Yeah. And in the last two to three years, we've seen quite a few new offerings in the 36 to 38. Yeah. Yeah. Prominent, prominent sort of everyday watches, not vintage watches, Mm -hmm. not retro watches, not vintage reissues like, brand new watches from up-and-comer companies at 36 millimeters. Mm-hmm. Because previously, the 36 to 38 size was kind of reserved for the the air quotes, and this is important, the ladies' watches from the big brands. And then this little smattering of options from the big brands. Yeah. You know, you it have... Kind of weird one-offs. Yeah, I mean, you have you have the the explorer you have the black bay 36 you have the prince black bay 36 is brand new prince is relatively new these watches these are are still in our in the in the big hitters you're not we're not seeing a lot in the way of really simple sport watches from other brands in that size yeah can you imagine in 2015 a micro brand (laughs) releasing a 36 millimeter sport watch I, i mean 
it didn't happen for for good reason. Yeah, I no think. one it would have. I think it would have done well because I think the market was ripe for it, but it wasn't worth the risk. Yeah, because that's not what the market was doing at the time. Yeah. So, with that being said, <clears throat> it is no longer 2015. It isn't. It is the last legs of 2021. And there are... It's so late that we've already done our 2021 year in review. Yes. But there are options out there for those of us who just aren't going to spend Explorer money and maybe perhaps don't necessarily even want an Explorer, but want that size watch. And there's some really dope options out there. Yeah, I think so. Because I love me a small watch. Yeah. Do you remember your first experience with a with like a thirty six millimeter watch? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it was the OP thirty six in Mexico mm-hmm. with the Uzi guy at the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's and right. I put it on and I was like, "Uh oh, ooh, ooh. it had to be a thirty OP thirty six. I, 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 so mine was a Datejust 36 and the, the fella at the counter was like, I really think you should try on the 41. You're not going to like this watch. And I was like, well, I want to try on the 36 and I put it on and I was like, yep. Yeah. It just, right as soon as it hits, you're just like, Oh, yep. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. There's a reason that that was such a popular size for so long. And, and I will say I had that experience, but that's a Rolex, you know, and, and I think in my head, I thought, well, it's different because it's a Rolex. Rolex is bigger because it's got the crown on it. Uh, you, you know, there's an optical illusion there. If it's a different watch, it's not going to be as <clears throat> as comfortable or it's not going to feel as right. My next experience was with the was with one of the watches we're going to talk about today. And so we may as well just talk about it because this is the watch that for me kind of changed my world. And that is... Laurier, our friends Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega, the Laurier Falcon 2, mm-hmm. which they sent us a copy of that for review. Uh, and review we did. Indeed. And I fell head over heels in love with that. Because it's awesome. The way it fits, the way <coughs> it hugs the wrist, the way... It like wore with a t-shirt. I could wear it with a suit. I just loved the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was eye-opening. Same experience. Because yeah. the SNK is 37. And change, yeah. Doesn't feel too big. Mm-mm. Not by a long shot. And I think we have in this in our head, like, oh, the SNK is about as small as a watch as I'd ever want. And the, and yep. the SNK's shape lends it to f- seeming smaller than it is. But when you get those nice long lines of the Falcon 2, it's 36, but it's got presence. Much like the OP or the Datejust or any of these other really iconic 36 millimeter watches. You're like, oh, it's not just Rolex. It's 36 is a perfectly appropriate size for a watch. It's a sport watch, right? So it's a little bit beefier. It's a little bit chunkier. It's got whatever that thing is that we call wrist presence. It's got it. It's got it in spades. Mm-hmm. I love the Falcon 2. Everything that Laurier is doing is terrific. 
I think they could probably they could pare down to just the Falcon 2 and remain really viable and successful. I'm glad they have the rest of their lineup, but that is such a cool watch. That's my favorite watch that they have because it was really familiar design. It's obviously the second iteration. They're going from the Falcon 1, which was like 39 and a half, 40. Yeah, I think 40 on the dot. Yeah. And I remember being right about to buy a Falcon 1 when the Falcon 2 got released in the with in the new 36 and I was like, Whew. "Glad I didn't do that." Cuz I think now the Falcon 1 I hate because I like the Falcon 2 so much. Yeah, I would not like that watch. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Falcon 2 is so much better in 36. It's that watch, that design, that whole package is so much better in a 36. Yeah, the proportions are better. The the size of the dial is better. Um, yeah. It, it's, just a, it's just a freaking killer watch. Can we talk about the, I think my my next favorite and what I think is maybe the best all around option in the 36 millimeter space. Sure. Sure. Hit, hit me with it, buddy. The Traska commuter. Oh yeah. That's a great watch. That is a watch that we, we didn't get one. Yet. Nope. We did not. We, we had, we did not. Get one. What did we have from them? Uh, did we have the summiteer or did we have the, so we had a summiteer. It didn't come from them though. I can't remember who it came from. But uh, we've never gotten a watch from Traska because oh. they, they hate us. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame them. Maybe after tonight I blame them. But for, for, for me, for my money, I think the commuter is the best watch available in this space. Hmm. It's so simple. It's got a clean dial. And one of the things that I found in this 36 millimeter space is it's hard to find a texture-free dial. It's, it's hard to find just a simple watch. It seems like people who are being adventurous by going to 36 get adventurous with their design language also. <clears throat> Traska did not do that. Well, I think if there's a, a criticism of Traska, of the Traska commuter, it's that they didn't get adventurous at all. In fact, they sort of, uh, they came as close to copying another watch as you can get without copying another watch. Ah. I mean, they kept their, it, it still feels like a Trasca. Their lines are similar. Everything's there. It's familiar. Part of it's familiar because, you know, there are a finite amount of ways to make a watch that looks attractive. And part of it's familiar because they made it look exactly like an OP. Yeah, yeah. but how, how many options do you have if you want a, a sterile bezel, clean case lines, and... Just it, markers for indices. Yeah, no, no, it's not a criticism. It just is what it is. It's a, it's a fact. That's an OP. Yeah. 565 bucks. Yes, With the Traska Invincible Steel. Super clean, simple lines. And that's what I want. I'm, I want a small, basic bitch watch. Because that's what I am. I'm just like your run-of-the-mill pumpkin spice <laughs> latte drinking basic bitch. <laughs> what everybody says about you that's it and it's they're not wrong but for, for my money that's where i'm looking in the 36 millimeter space as clean and simple as possible because a lot of 36s they've got texture on the dial they've got you know something cool or not necessarily cool but something different about the bracelet they've got flare mm -hmm. i want flare i want a 36 millimeter sport watch that's as basic as i am 
and, and you know, these things have been sold out almost since they were released. You, mm-hmm. you, you get 100 meters of water resistance. You get Miota 9000. 9, you get all, all the good stuff. You, you just, it's kind of hard to get them. They, they, they come <laughs> up used and they come up used for not a crazy amount of money. There's not a huge markup on these, but... I haven't um, seen a markup. I've seen actually like pretty reasonable secondhand, like in the 500, like 450, 500 range. Yeah, that's where I've seen them as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, Trask does some really interesting stuff with this watch. They've got, you know, the perlage on the clasp. And uh, I think it's a really cool watch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I may agree with you that this is... Uh, I think I may agree with you, although I'm I'm also a sucker for a Falcon. So yeah, I love me a Falcon, but I think for me, for my money, what I want out of this watch because this is I'm I'm shopping for a watch right now. This is what I'm inclined to buy. I think I'm inclined to recommend people buy the Falcon because it's because you want to be able to get your Trasca. Well, partly that stop <laughs> stop buying my things, uh, <laughs> but also because the Falcon is so damn cool. I'm just not cool. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think what I what I what I like most about this watch is they kept the lugs super short, mm-hmm. so they don't have long sweeping. They don't have to hug it. It's going to make it wear a little taller on the side of the wrist. I think. And I think Will did a write up on this, so it is on the Watch Clicker website. For a full review and photography, it may be, maybe Andrew will even link to that in the show notes. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You know, I've got one that I'd like to talk about because I think it it sort of steers away from what we've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. This is a watch that when it came out, I thought, I don't really know if this watch makes a ton of sense. Um, and that's the Hamilton Khaki Pilot Pioneer. No, excuse me. The Hamilton Khaki Pioneer. Not the Pilot Pioneer, just the Pioneer. Um, this is a... A 38? Yeah, I think... I No, I think it's 36 and change. Um, and it's just... It's sort of like Tonno-cased field watch. Is is what it is. It's exactly what you think of when you think of, uh, when you think of a field watch, but in a tonneau case. Oh uh, yeah. Um, <coughs> they wear really well. They've got a H fifty movement, which I think is the eighty hour power reserve movement. Uh, so so obviously great movement, and it's just clean and elegant and field watchy and yeah i think actually 36 on these with the tonneau it probably wears a little bit bigger are these fixed lugs uh it is it is it is fixed lugs Mm -hmm. if i remember right it looks like it that's why i ask yeah if i if i remember correctly it is because cwc i think i think they call it the g10 has a very similar field watch and I think it's similarly sized. Um, I don't think it's this price. Uh, I think it's that many money, but in pounds as opposed to dollars, because this comes in at about six hundred bucks. Um, but that's it. It's it's a 
that's a field watch. That's a classic yeah. field watch. That size, that shape. And who better to get a field watch from than Hamilton? That's right. It's a field watch company making a field watch, modern movement, modern finishing. Uh, you, you do have to put up a vintage loom. Uh, I think on most of these, if not all of these, but... But, um, but not the dial throughout. Yeah. You know, your markers are white, which is nice. So there's just a little bit of vintage loom action. Well, since you bring them up, let's talk about the G10s, the CWC and the, and the Pulsar. Yeah. Uh, because these are not only, not only um, so, sort of like aesthetically or aesthetically <laughs> fucking i hate that word you use it uh, a lot appropriately field watches field watches but these are actually field watches right there's so, so a this, field watch the cwc g10 and the pulsar g10 formerly cwc and then you know making stuff is expensive uh and and, and so then the the pulsar g10 mm-hmm. these are both 36 and change field watches same basic dial layout as the hamilton khaki pioneer uh which is the the g10 style layout um both quartz watches i believe you can mm-hmm. get these for you, you know the pulsar anywhere from 150 to 250 on on ebay typically you can buy the cwc direct from the website i think they're 250 like, to 350 pounds depending on if you want tritium or not yeah that's right that's right and, and so what is that 350 to 400 dollars or I something so, like about, yeah yeah so the, i was thinking that the w10 was that same case shape as the pioneer sure not the g10 right g10 is the the swoopier but these yeah. are gr- i mean these are great and they're and they're small when i got my pulsar so you know, you know one of the things you said about the the rolex or the sport watches is that they have some some presence to them right it's a it's a sport watch so it's it's just got a little bit more case to it my Pulsar G10 does not. No, it's like wearing an F91. It is skinny and thin and shallow all around, and it still wears great. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's so small. It wears, I mean, an F91 wears great. These G10s wear great. That's their design, is to be totally unencumbering functional tools. Yeah. No flash. The 20 millimeter lug width, I think, helps with that, too, because the the strap carries a little bit of presence on its own. Yes. <clears throat> and I think those that proportion is really, really good. That 36 case to a 20. 30, 36 to 18 is, is appropriate, but 36 to 20 is just, it's, it's delightful. It, it is, yeah. You, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it back that 40 and 20 is, uh, the Goldilocks zone because we're we're too deep. Yeah, we're in it. We're too deep now we can't to take it back. Now. But I think that that forty may be the outer edge of that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, a real reflection of w- w- what the scene was when we started. Right. Mm-hmm. We started the show mm, fall of twenty eighteen. Here we are, three years later. And it's like, well, 40 and 20 almost doesn't make sense now because 40 is too big. Everybody knows that 40 is too big. A 40 millimeter watch is just way too big. It's outrageous. You can make a 40 millimeter watch. I know. I'm joking. really well. But when we started, 40 was like, that was the floor. 
That was that was you know scraping the gunk off the floor. We were being a little bit. uh, We were being a little bit controversial. Yeah, it's like give me forty, right? That was yeah. (laughs) Here we are now. We you know we we may be thirty six and twenty. Thirty. We're starting today. (laughs) Full four millimeters is that's what happens. It's a lot of girth. (laughs) What's up next? So we've talked. So we've talked about. We've talked about this this micro brand sport watches mm-hmm. because I think that those are great places to start. Super affordable, five hundred dollars. We've talked about both automatic and quartz British field watches. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, very similar watches. Where, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Because I think it, it gets a little weird from here. We gotta take, I think, a hard left turn. Okay. For a little bit. Steer me left. We got to talk about watches like... Take the wheel. <laughs> like the Retro Magic. Oh, yeah. And the EMG Horizon. R- right. We well, got to so- talk square watches. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. We got to talk square watches. And... I think how how big is the Retro Magic? 30? 38? 38, yeah. And then the uh, the... So it's 38, and then the metric is 36. That's right. So the metric, which I tried on in New York, is mm-hmm. 36. And it does not wear like a 36. Because it, it, it's square. That's right. That's right. And the Retromatic doesn't wear like 38. It wears closer to 40, I'd say. And, and these are sort of weird analogs. But. but but it's not. I think that's an important distinction to make because in, in the world where we are looking for a smaller diameter watch, it's easy to be deceived by the smallness of square and rectangular watches. Because if you think about like the Santos Medium, I think that's 38. And that wears like a, I mean, that, that's, that's as big as I could possibly want it. It wears beautifully. The Santos Large would, would be like wearing a, a damn pizza box it's, on your wrist. It's big, yeah. It's big. But that that brings in the almost the, the PSA around how square watches might carry with them a small size, but don't carry with them a small fit. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about first? Do you mean in terms of square watches? Yeah, I think we should we should talk about a couple of them. Yeah, so I might as well just start with the Brumetric. That's the, the latest watch from John Ferrer. Uh, the Brumetric is a 36 millimeter, which feels adventurously small and, and and i don't think it is i think that he could have gotten away with with even 34 on that and still been well within the realm of acceptable i don't think that's what he's trying to do with that watch uh it's got flared lugs it's a square case it wears overall much bigger than a 36 millimeter watch N- not to mention that watch can 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 i just say i was talking to some guys today i really think that is an excellent platform to, for john to get weird with it Mm-hmm. I think in terms of colors, he could do just about anything with that watch. He started off with two, I think, pretty safe colorways. Which aren't safe at all. Which There's are not, teal and yellow and orange. But I think he could get weird with it. Oh, I think, he absolutely could. I think he could go like Charlotte Hornets, teal and purple. I think he could and should go navy and orange. Yeah. I think he could do... I think everyone should do a navy and orange right. iteration. 
<laughs> I think he could get really weird with that watch and still have it feel really conservative. Not conservative, but but delightfully, safely adventurous. And it's because of the way he used the color palette on that. The yeah. primary, I mean, it's like, it's almost a stoplight seconds hand where you can have all kinds of fun and it's like wearing fun socks and a tuxedo. Everything else is there. Everything that's, else is super conservative, really perfect. clean. And then you've these these little splashes, flourishes, if you will, of of color that add to the watch, but don't pull away any of that really refined, really clean look. Yeah, that's perfect. I love the tux the 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 fun socks with with the tuxedo reference because because I think that, that that just about nails it. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he's going to or if he has plans. We're not really making suggestions because that's not something we do. But, but super fun watch and conservatively sized, but also not at all small. Which I think sort of forces us now to move on to the next area of square watches, which is the pure kind of Monaco style this the actual square the actual full square and, and i and i use monaco because that is the the pioneer of this shape and i th- I don't think that any watch can ever use a square case again without being directly compared to the monaco and i think that's reasonable monaco's come in at 38 millimeters uh, i think there's probably some smaller sizes but as they stand now they're at 38 um, or they're doesn't matter. I think the Monaco's a little bigger. Than I think that. they're a little bigger. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The Horizon is what I want to talk about by EMG, and as of right now, you can't buy them from their website. But yeah, no, they've been sold out for <clears throat> thirty-eight by thirty-eight, perfect square, and this watch wears big. <laughs> it does, yeah, big, and you wouldn't think so. Because 38 suggests it's going to be comfortably small. It's a, it's a good size watch. I like it. It's appropriately sized. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you, you cannot buy a 38 millimeter square watch and thinking you're buying a small watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a statement watch, right? It, it, everything about that watch is a statement. Oh, yeah. And on the, on the cork strap, yeah. man, I really like that watch. Yeah, you, you know, I think uh, in the grand scheme of things, sitting where I am now, I think that watch might be a little bit, steers a little bit too much to the homage for, for my my genuine pleasure. Uh, but everything about the experience wearing that watch was enjoyable. Because it's comfortable. Yeah. On, the, on the strap that they chose, it was comfortable. The size is comfortable. The manipulations are really comfortable. I, I, th- I wish there were more pure squares in the world. I just, I do. I wish more companies were doing them, but you could size them at, you know, 34 to 36 and still have very appropriately sized true wrist presence watches that are attractive. And I think, I think would be, would do really well. Yeah. Cause I would buy a couple. Damn it. What? What? Well, Speedy fits okay today. <laughs> you know, I 
I think uh, I'm getting fat because I just put your Manta on. I put your Atlas on, and it's a it's maxed out uh, in yeah. terms of the adjust. I need and to put a half link on. I think you do. I think you do because uh, I can't get a bigger, and it's squeezing my wrist. But the Speedmaster looks really good on you. It does. Fuck. <laughs> I just broke up with the Speedmaster. I just did this last week. I broke up with the Speedmaster. And because now, it doesn't fit right. Today it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, good news. <laughs> we done broke up. You know, there's um, there's another micro brand I'd like to talk about uh, that's doing a smaller watch. The Veyer is doing a 36 millimeter watch. So they do. Yes, they are. They do both of their A3, the automatic field watch, and the mm-hmm. S3, which I think is basically the same watch, uh, but a quartz version. Mm-hmm. And they do those both in 36 millimeters. And they're killer. Yeah. The, the only reason I don't have one isn't because they were sold out for a long period of time because they're back in stock. They look like they have a killer bracelet, which is... No, they do. So I tried all these mm-hmm. on. I, I tried basically every version of this watch in, on in New York, and they're all excellent. It's the vintage loom. Yeah. That's a hang-up for me. Yeah. Just just do a black or white without vintage loom. Yeah, that's a problem for me, too. And that, that's just what, I mean... I'm I'm okay with vintage loom in some applications because I I mean I'm not as vehemently against it as you are. You're very against it. I'm good in some applications. I'm not in the 36 millimeter field watch application. I want white loom there. Yeah, you know I don't know if I'm dead against it. I, I'm not against it for anybody else. I just know I wouldn't like it. Well, yeah, no, I think that's you're against it in your in your application, your yeah, purchasing. It, that's right. For, for my own taste, it, it wouldn't work for me. Um, but but I will say, Vayer is really maybe more than any microbrand company out there right now, the king of options, right? They, they give you quartz. They give you uh, automatic. They give you in some option, in some instances, solar. Uh, U.S. assembled or not. Jubilee, Oyster. Yeah. Um, they do give a ton of options. Thus far, it seems like that is not an option that they've been, yeah. <laughs> that they've been willing to offer. Because I, I don't know, I, I go to their website. In my hunt for a 36, I'm at Veyer's website once a week probably. I look at it and I'm like, mm, mm, mm. still a no. Can we talk about Smith's Everest, which I think is actually the watch that brought us here? It is, and I think we need to. It's the one. I think, for me. It's just not available. You can't get it. If you've ever tried to buy something from Smith's, you get my problem. They have, like, an open period for their store. Yeah, they do, like... E-commerce store. It's no pre-orders, no nothing, but actually, I think pre-orders, this is one company that could really benefit from pre-orders. Yeah. Because they sell out 
borderline instantly, right? No, 100% instantly. So this last week, um, I've been trying to buy the the PRS25 Aventurine dial that they're doing 500 of. Yeah. I've tried to buy it on the last two releases. Um, <clears throat> the first one, I got up early. I'm sitting on my phone. I hit refresh at 5.59 and 55 seconds. It refreshed. I hit add to cart. I clicked check out. And when I clicked check out, I was informed that the product I was trying to buy was sold out. I was like, well, that's unusual. This motherfucker was just in my cart. And that's when I learned about bot buying. And I was like, okay, whatever. Have you considered setting up a bot for it? Let me tell story number two. Okay. This last week they did another drop, and I don't know how many more they're going to do. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm wondering how many they're selling each of these releases. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so this last Sunday, I did the same thing, but I got to payment information, and then was notified that the item I was trying to buy was sold out. Still within the. What was my time? Zero six zero zero time period. We're not even a full minute through the open period, and this watch is sold out. But it's not also it's also not on hold in my cart, which yeah. is annoying. It doesn't get held when you put it in yeah. the cart. Yeah. So I might be now exploring the options of getting a bot, but the Everest is. Straight explorer homage, and 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 as we've discussed yeah. on our watches of Everest episode, which if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to it. Probably the watch that summited Everest, yeah. Which is so, which maybe makes the explorer the homage to the Smiths Everest. So maybe it's <laughs> it's the OG. I don't think that that's accurate, but spiritually, <laughs> emotionally, perhaps yes. So. It's, what we do know is the Everest came out on top. We, we don't know which watch summited. We think the Smith summited. We know that the Everest won. Yes. Excuse me. We know that the Explorer won. Yes. The dangers <laughs> of marketing. Victor's right the history. <laughs> so we've got a great 36 millimeter watch. It's, an, it's a fucking Explorer. If you've seen an Explorer, you've seen a Smith's Everest. Mercedes hands. Cardinal number, cardinal numeral markers. The rest are indices. It's it's much more an explorer than the Smiths watch that that yes. perhaps summited was a, an uh, an explorer. Yeah. Here here's the problem I have with the Everest though. That riveted bracelet. Yeah, riveted bracelet. That's a thing I don't I don't love. I know you're not a fan either. Which is why I haven't. Tried to buy it. No, secondary market, most secondary market micro brand watches are about $100 or more less than retail. Often, yep. The Smiths are double retail. Like we're, we're looking at like Rolex inflation for yeah. the Smiths Everest. Yeah. Which is kind of confusing. But I've been trying to get the Aventurine dial. Because they have a Jubilee. Yeah. And then I could sell the Aventurine watch to acquire the black watch and then have the Jubilee on the 
Everest, well, which is it, what I want. If you wind up with both of them, I might take I might take the combo that you don't wipe off your hands. The Avengerine and Rivet Bracelet? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't like the Rivet Bracelet. And and I've, I've, I've tried to make myself like it. I've done some like exposure therapy, and it's not working. Yeah, you know, Tudor does a river bracelet too. I feel like it's a li- I feel like it's a little bit like vintage loom, right? Like this is mm-hmm. a fake thing. This isn't a real thing. If it was real rivets, I'd be into it. But yeah. it's not because real rivets kind of suck. And they do. yeah. And so oh a fake riveted bracelet feels a little bit contrived to me. I, it, I mean, it is literally contrived. It makes me think of like an Invicta dive watch with like a Swiss Army tool bracelet like you know those bracelets that you can (laughs) open up and you've got like a flathead and a phillips and like the leatherman yeah that's (laughs) what it makes me think of it's obviously not that (laughs) grotesque but it's equally offensive to me and i have no reason for it to be that offensive because you know maybe you like it and that's perfectly reasonable if you do sure it's just not what i want i want a clean sleek sport watch without like lumps on the side yeah without just weird shit unnecessary weird shit yeah i want less is more like i just i just want plain dial with markers sterile bezel clean bracelet is that too much to fucking ask (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it it, it, it's it's one of those things right you can't always get what you want but you usually can in the watch world. <laughs> so love the one you're with, Andrew. I do. I love the Atlas. I've been wearing the Atlas a lot. <laughs> no, I meant me. Oh, you're okay. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? We, we've got a few. You know, there's, a, there's one I want to talk about because it's a new watch. Um, it, it just came out. Uh, or I guess it didn't just come out. But it came out relatively recently. But the Timex Expedition North. Mm-hmm. Field Post 36. It's a weird name. So it's really Timexy name. I think Field Post is like um I think Field Post is like one of these like hunting locations that you might show up at or like perhaps research a, station, I think is the Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like a like a research station or perhaps like a wartime post office. Mm-hmm. They call them field posts. In in any event, <clears throat> it took me a while where I was like field post 36 anyway uh weird name but they've got a 36 millimeter of essentially what you know many people have pointed out is very similar to a hamilton khaki mechanical that hamilton khaki field mechanical very similar watch for some very good reasons which we've talked about on the show before but not a hamilton design in any event uh is nobody's design nobody came up with this first (laughs) The it's army a, came up with this design. It's a 36 millimeter field watch with solar power. Yes. 40 hours of power reserve. I think it's 40 hours of power reserve. Or excuse me, 40 days of solar power reserve, yeah, not 40 hours. Say, 40 days is more appropriate. Yeah, 40, 40 days of solar power reserve. Um, great size, great aesthetic. I think that their Expedition North is their one of their newer lines of sort of, I think that this signals Timex deciding to command some respect again. They're standing up for themselves. They're going to do their hair toss, check their nails. Yeah, they're getting off the Walmart spinner 
towers. I think that's what's happening here. And, and when you look at the marketing, it's deliberate. Mm-hmm. It's aesthetically pleasing. There's this. It's obviously been paid for. You know, yeah. Like they didn't phone it in on anything with this watch, which. You know, who cares about marketing? Uh, But what I do think it signals is Timex is being deliberate. And I love it. I love to know that Timex cares in that way. That's what we've been hoping for for the last two years. Yeah, that's right. We've talked about it a hundred times. Yeah. And they're doing it. Finally. Who cares about the marketing? The marketing is whatever. But the fact that they're doing the marketing means that they care. They are. It means that they see it. They're back. We've got the pivot. It's coming. And so you can do this. You know, I think it's a 41. Well, I think they've got a 41 millimeter watch, but also a 38 and a 36 in this Expedition Northfield post. 36 is 160 bucks on Amazon. Solar 36. Damn. Yeah. It's a great. It's a really attractive watch, too. It it is the field watch. (laughs) That's right. It is 24 hour ring. Really classic style case, 100 meters of water resistance, which actually stands out in that segment and that design. I don't think Fi- my I don't think my khaki field is 100. It might be. I think, I think they're 50. Yeah, I think that's I think that's sort of the standard for most field watches. It's 50. So 100. You, you know the G10s, the W10s, 50 meters. I or think five atoms. I think my pulsar. Atmos. I think my pulsar might be just water resist. <laughs> Because it's steel, and steel by its nature doesn't get wet on the inside. That's right. Uh, if you get water on the steel parts, it won't go through the steel. Yeah. So, 160 bucks on the Amazon right now. I like these. Even Not, with vintage loom, I think I could accept this. Yeah. 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 Because it's a, it's a very it's that really classic field watch. I can accept vintage loom on that. Yeah. I don't know why. My my acceptance or non-acceptance of vintage loop is purely arbitrary. <laughs> now! <laughs> yes! Now! <laughs> um, I think, you know, the, the downsides to this watch are purely sort of uh, vain, right? Uh, oh, it's purely vanity. It's a Timex. That's right. It's a Timex. Um, it's quartz. Uh, but it's solar. Yeah, that's it's solar that's quartz. Not I, yeah, I just think it's a killer watch. <laughs> I, I think I think the next couple it's years... A little, will, it's, it's, a little, it's got some booty. It's a little thick, too. They could have done a little bit. It's 12 millimeters thick? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of ass. Yeah. That's all right. We like them thick. <laughs> it's true. I can't deny that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we'll see the oh, it's just a Timex kind of pass in the next couple of years because Timex is going to win some cool shit with the Waterbury line that they're dropping. Uh, they've got a lot of hand wines coming out, Jagaro like, stuff. Yeah, and, they're I think they're doing enough to overcome that. Yeah. It's a Timex. It's Timex. Yeah. yeah, no, but they they do have they do have to do some work to distance themselves from the uh, from the Walmart rotary. What'd you call it? The Walmart spinner rack? The spinner rack, yeah. Yeah, that's it's right. not even locked. <laughs> when your shit's just... not locked at Walmart, that's a bad sign. When you when your shit starts getting locked up in the jewelry case at Walmart, you've made it. Yeah, that's right. It, I, I think that they have got to do some work 
to, mm-hmm. to distance themselves from that. And, and and frankly, their bread and butter is probably that $25 to $45 watch. So I, I don't know that they would be inclined to drop that. It, I think that's going to add some charm to it because Timex is never going to distance themselves from Snoopy. There's never going to. There's always Peanuts watches out there by Timex. Yeah, but, but a, a, so does peanuts, Omega, right? a but, Peanuts watch doesn't mean cheap, right? Because no, as you just, just said... There's oh. Snoopy on a dozen Speedmaster iterations. But when people think Omega, they don't think Speedy with Snoopy. When people think Timex, they do think Red Baron three-handers with the Red Baron on the second hand spinning around the watch. I think what Timex needs to do is they need to create some space for them to have branding for the what's the what's the name of the the meme with the guy who's like tapping his head i don't know the guy that looks vaguely like arsenio hall like yeah i know what you're doing they need they need i know you're talking about (laughs) they need to have some some space to have like the the highbrow guy to look down and see like ooh I know what that is that nice. luxury, they need to have their luxury line more well defined yeah that's right and, and I think they'll have that I, I think that this is a step in that direction right you've got the Timex Marlin you've got the Waterberries which maybe to a lesser extent mm-hmm. um, you're starting to see those watches from Timex that are kind of in, in Timex Q perhaps um, yeah. You, you know, the Navi Ocean is even getting there. They're doing some really cool stuff with the Nav Ocean, and yeah, I, I'm hoping that they can continue this expedition north. You know, maybe like a a Protrek type, not not exactly the same, but like when you see a Protrek, you're like, I know that that's that's a cool watch. You bought that watch on purpose. That that's right. And either you were a douche or you're very cool, and I want to know you. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, we, we've talked a lot about affordable watches because that's what we talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think it bears mentioning that if you're willing to spend a little bit more scratch, and when I say a little bit more, I mean sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a, a lot, lot more. Um, there are so many options. Yes. Tudor famously has their bb36 which i love and it is that's a thick ass girl it's a big it's a big booty it girl wears so comfortably they've got their tudor prince which not really available in the u.s uh, i mean certainly available but not really intended for our it's market a JDM, yeah um, which is far more comfortable is it jdm i don't think it's jdm it's a swiss watch it seems pretty jdm well i don't think it's made in japan uh, but maybe intended for that market. Either yeah. way, it is definitely not something that's marketed towards Americans. And it is svelte. It is. Oh my god! It's a day chest, is what it is. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard to separate that watch from the day chest. Um, Tudor. If any company has the right to homage the day chest, it's Tudor. It's the little brother, right? <laughs> um, you, you know, Oris. Mm. Basically, every watch in their catalog, maybe not every watch, but many, many, many of the Oris watches come in more conservatively sized watches. Mm-hmm. I know the Aquas comes in a, like a 36 and a half or a 37 mm-hmm. millimeter, which didn't think I'd like. Put it on. Loved it. Yeah. Um, Oris just has a ton of stuff in 36 millimeter. Norcane. Yep. Ton of stuff in 36 <clears throat> millimeters. Uh 
Rado, their Captain Cook, I think, comes in a 36 yeah, a or a 30. I think it's 37. And something else. Yeah. And something else. Um, Oris, I think Oris just today or yesterday re, re, uh, did a new Big Crown Pro Pilot in 36. So there are a ton of options, you, you know, which is unusual to me. Which is not even to mention the big R. Mm-hmm. Not even to mention IWC. Not mm-hmm. even to mention JLC Paddock. I mean, as you go up in price, the options for small watches really... The Santos Medium. That's right. Is the best fitting watch I've ever put on. Putting it on was a curse. Because now I need one. I don't just want it. I need it. Yeah. It You put it on and it becomes a part of you. That just gently curved case, that beautifully articulating bracelet. And you're just like, well, fuck. <laughs> here we are. This is, this is where I am now. And I need to be here again. It's like what I imagine meth is like. Right. <laughs> And not to be all Oris fanboy, because I don't think we're Oris fanboys, but... We're well, sponsored by Oris, well, and <laughs> isn't everyone? <laughs> yeah, everybody's sponsored by Oris. Yeah. Oris just released their rectangular, uh, the, all four of these, you know, very primary colored rectangular watches. I think blue, red, yellow, and maybe like an olive, uh, which these are, are, are even smaller than than what we've been talking about it it's it's a tank what i would call a tank style watch but i think that they're like 26 oh i could do that it's a big tall rec it's a tank style rectangular Mm -hmm. uh so so it's a it's it's not gonna feel like a diminutive watch but at 26 millimeters across or 25 and a half something like that uh they're small they are too grand uh they're 25 and a half across 38 lug to lug. That's going to be really nicely sized. Yeah. Yeah. Two grand. It's a, I think it's, olive is the best way to describe that. Taupe, maybe? <laughs> yeah. That's a weird color. Vaguely ground. Yeah. <laughs> Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like those. Fuck. That sucks. Andrew, I'm all out of wa- I'm all out of watches for the day, for the week, perhaps. All out of watches. Are you lost without me? I, I am so lost. I get that. I have that effect on people. Uh, with that in mind, o- other things. What do you got? Mm. I have an especially timely other thing. Tell me. <clears throat> and this is for all of you. We just had Thanksgiving. It, a week ago today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's been a week ago today. So that carcass. Make some broth out of it. It's starting to go stinky. It, it's going to, if it hasn't already, it's going to be a little stank. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's in your fridge, not on your counter. Right. <laughs> if it's on the counter, we're going to, we're going to recommend you toss it per FDA guidelines. It's dry aged. <laughs> Here's my recommendation. You got to cut the pelicans off. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, so I'm always trying to figure out what to do with leftovers because I typically don't like leftovers. So I try to repurpose them. 
today, I did the best repurposing of Thanksgiving meal that I've ever done. Tell me more. I'm intrigued. I went to the store. I bought waterfront sourdough bread. So the Seattle's best waterfront sourdough. It's just a big, it's a, it's a round sourdough loaf, but sliced. So you have long fat slices. Okay. So it, it's, it's not like a bag loaf sourdough. It's like a real rustic. No, it's bag loaf sourdough, but round loaf. Okay. So you have long slices. That's important. <laughs> you got some Swiss cheese. I got some provolone. I took some of the leftover ham because I like ham on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we do ham and turkey. And I made Cubans. I shredded some of that turkey, sliced the ham as thin as I could, and made Cubans on that sourdough bread with Swiss and provolone. I used a devil spit Pickles in mine. Yeah. Regular boy. pickles and everyone else. That was the best used use of leftover turkey that I have ever found. Cause the flavors really melt. Cause I, I brine my turkey so that the, the meat the meat is just more than roasted turkey. It's got like very herbal flavors. Yeah, brine is the into truth, it. Man. Which makes it hard to make to use it for leftovers for anything else. Those flavors perfectly melted into those cheeses, the mustard, the pickle. And a Cuban's a super simple sandwich. For those of you who are somehow unfamiliar with a Cuban, it's... Watch John Favreau, chef. Yep. It's a, a pulled pork, ham, Swiss cheese, pickle mustard sandwich. Watch John Favreau, chef. And pressed. Was that your other thing like a month ago? Chef show was. Oh, it was basically his... Which is a spinoff of a the spin-off. movie Chef. Yeah. Uh, make some Cubans with your leftover ham and turkey. Or just go get some deli ham and make some Cubans with your leftover turkey. It is a great analog for pulled pork. Also, can, can I just say right now, because this is something... I've known this for a while, but it's not something I always knew. There are two John Favreau's. Yeah. There, there is the actor, comedian, very talented John Favreau. There is also the very progressive journalist John Favreau, and also talented, I think, uh, but but very different. They are very different. And so, there was a time in my life where I thought John Favreau was just this like super enigmatic dual personality guy. As did I. Because I only knew of John Favreau, John Favreau from the movies. Swingers, yeah. From and I was swingers. like, why is this guy so prolific and elsewhere? <laughs> and, then, and then via Twitter. And I was like, man, this guy really tweets a lot. He really gets it. <laughs> Not the same guy. Different guys. Not the same guy at all. No, I was I was a little older than than appropriate before I realized that also. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to admit how recently I learned that. But uh, It was this morning. I... <laughs> <laughs> I want a Cuban. Oh, it's good. I thought about making you one, but I wasn't sure if you were back on keto or not. And I always feel bad asking if you're on keto. Never feel bad. You can always ask. Because <laughs> the answer is either yes or no. <coughs> and I'm not like that guy. If I'm on keto, I feel fine about being on keto and I'm not going to like have regrets. 
Yeah, but I just feel bad. I don't want to like tempt you off of keto. You're not going to tempt me if I'm on keto. I'll just be like, sorry, boo, I'm on keto. All right. Well, maybe I should have made you a keto. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, Cubans usually made out on like Cuban bread, but making it on sourdough, and I used my grill pan for it. Sourdough is the perfect grill frying bread. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It crisps up really nice. It stays really fluffy. Man, these were the best Cubans I've ever made. And I've made a good amount of Cubans on varying types of bread. But this was this was it. Just spicy brown mustard and a little bit of mayonnaise. Whew. And devil's spit pickles. Fuck. That's my other thing. Wish I could have one. That's how you... This is a, a an outlet for some of your Thanksgiving turkey. If you're tired of turkey sandwiches, make a Cuban. Andrew, do you have a go to tape like if if you need to do something with tape do you have like i mean obviously different tape is going to be better for different applications but do you have like a preferred tape that you use when you need to do something with tape no no because every tape has a different application fair fair enough i i understand your question and i think you're trying to I, i i see where you're at the answer is no but it's also because I'm not like a duct tape fixes all kind of guy. Right. But I think most people, I think not most, I think many people are a brute force and duct tape type people. Yeah. Uh, but not, no, I, I have, I have probably 25 rolls of tape in my garage, all of different styles and sizes. So, so, so fair enough, right? <laughs> because I have a lot of different kinds of tape too, and I use different tapes for different things. Um, but I would say it, it, at some point in the in the fairly recent past, I was kind of a duct tape guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I needed to do something with tape and it wasn't a really specific application, I just needed a tape to do tape things, I would use duct tape, right? Because duct tape is fairly removable depending on the surface you put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adheres to everything. It does. Uh, you, you know, it, it's just a really practical tape. Uh, and and so practical that people do all sorts of cool shit with duct tape, right? They make wallets and I had fucking, a duct tape wallet for a long time. Like full tuxedos and, uh, right? The duct tape is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does things really well. I have, so so this has been kind of a long time. So uh, this has probably been about two years since I made this change. But it's it's sort of fresh on my mind because I recently ran out and had to order some more. Oh, that's a good sign that you have to order it. Uh, but I ordered another roll of gaffer tape. I think gaffer tape is something that is meant for use by gaffers. People mm-hmm. who do, uh, you know, staging and sound equipment and camera equipment. People who are fixing things to other things in a high-paced uh, environment. Right? Also needs some longevity out of that fix. It needs to be. It needs to have longevity, but it also needs to be removable. It needs to be movable, perhaps even re-affixable. Uh, anyway, I don't know how I found this stuff. You know, I probably read something or like, uh, but gaffer tape is weird. You went down a rabbit hole looking for tape. (laughs) That doesn't sound like you at all. (laughs) Gaffer tape has completely, almost completely replaced 
duct tape in my arsenal. I think it's a more appropriate application for most people. Have, have you used gaffer tape? Yes, I have a roll in the garage. So, so you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Gaffer tape is, it's fabric. Mm-hmm. It's fabric. Uh, it, it's not quite as strong and adhesive as duct tape but it's really close it also doesn't melt the same way duct tape does doesn't i think it's melt. more temperature resistant and more it's got a longer lifespan it, it that's right yeah. it stays removable for longer mm-hmm. you can take it off you can put it on the floor it's gonna if if you need to put duct tape on the floor it's gonna act exactly like duct tape in my experience but it'll actually come off without a razor knife that's right it will come off um you, you know doing what we do with microphones and wires and stuff is actually the preferred application for that. And it would be perfect for that. You know, you, you use a little bit of tape, you tape the thing, and then when you're done with it, you pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I have started using it for nearly everything. It's like I said, it's been about two years, but I, anytime I need tape, I use it. Now I wouldn't use it on a, on a, sh- on shipping, right? Mm-mm, like packages. No. Yeah. Cause I use think packaging tape for that. You use packaging tape, A, yeah. and B, it's it's just too easy to take off, right? Yeah. So, But what's weird about the adhesive is it's easy to take off, but it also holds like a motherfucker. Crazy good hold yeah. and easy to take off. Uh, it splits easily because most people don't need the full width of tape. That's like when you're using medical <laughs> tape, nobody needs the two inches of surgical tape that yeah. you have on that roll. However, if you're ordering gaffer tape, order two inches because... Yep. You can tear it tears, it tears so well. It tears better than duct tape. Super clean. Yep. Clean, straight lines. You can get you, you know, if, if you need it to actually be straight, I, I'd recommend cutting it. But if you don't mind a ragged edge, it's gonna be very straight. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It's sort of like one of those things that I discovered and I was like, this is kind of mind blowing how good this is. And why don't more people use it? The answer is it's more expensive than duct tape. That's why more people don't use it. It's pretty expensive. I think the last roll I bought was two by a whole bunch of feet. It's like duct tape size roll, and it was 18 bucks. So more expensive yeah. for sure. Yeah. And if you're using it like you would typically use duct tape, continue to use duct tape because it's duct tape is much cheaper. Yeah. If you're, yeah. Well, I, shit, I don't know, man. Two years. I think the last two by whatever the big rolls are. Uh, last time me almost two years, right? And I used it, I've used it camping, I've used it, I, I mean, shit, I don't know, everything. Do heavy duct tape users can use a roll a week. Yeah, that's right. If you're using it like that, yeah, <laughs> maybe stay with duct tape. Yeah. yeah. If you're making wallets, I think a gaffer to be sold. Be nice. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. It's kind of it soft. Gets, it gets a little like grimy. So is duct tape. The adhesive like leaks through the outside. So does duct tape. Yeah. Well, Which it shouldn't because it's like a totally <laughs> synthetic outside. I don't know. It's, it's mind-numbing. Anyway, that's my other thing for the week is gaffer tape. That's a weird other thing. That's a good other thing. That's a good good little thing that you should have in your house. Get yourself some gaffer tape. Unless you have no reason to use tape ever. And, and, and frankly, I don't know if there are differences in quality between gaffer tape. I'm sure there are. This last roll I bought, I bought, I think, a little bit higher quality than my first roll. And the quality is negligible but noticeable. Saying there's a real professional-grade gaffer tape from Gaffer Power for 18 bucks. 
I think let me see. Let me see. Pro tapes, pro gaffer tape for six bucks from B and H photo. So there's there's got to be a disparity in. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So what I got is the gaffer power. I got it in navy blue. Oh, because that's a, just a nice color. It is. It's a very pleasing color. <laughs> Andrew, are we all done? There's a. I'm, no, we're not. I have just found a roll of tape that costs one hundred and sixty-six dollars. Is it gaffer tape? No, it's. <laughs> is it is it printed with Vanta Black? It's the three M. Eight nine seven nine N nuclear grade duct tape, two inches by sixty yards, red. Strong waterproof backing resists UV moisture. What is rain. nuclear grade duct I, tape? Oh, I don't. It's forty bucks a roll. So for three rolls, that's why it's 107 bucks. Okay. I don't know what nuclear grade means. I might buy some. <laughs> Yo, what does nuclear grade mean? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Fuck, I don't know. There's not a... There's nuclear. no ISO standard to it. And we're just going to start calling our, our, our stuff nuclear grade. Nuclear grade duct tape. You can get it in silver. <clears throat> Jeez. Thanks, 3M. Yeah, no kidding. They do some good stuff, except you're pro. <laughs> <laughs> did you join that class action? Uh, I did not, I but did. I could have. Yeah, I joined that. Did you get like four bucks? No, I got nothing. You got nothing. At least that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> Backstory, 3M had an issue with their hearing protection. They provided the military, and there was a big class action lawsuit. And most people got like $6. Lesson learned. This was class action. Don't buy, sh- don't sell shit to the military because because you'll pay out a billion dollars. Joe and, will sue you, and the real victims will get six bucks. So, real lesson <laughs> learned is sue the company by yourself. <laughs> go, go in alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very expensive. Very expensive to do that lawsuit. I think the only way you do that lawsuit is by way of class action, but or living off trust fund. True story. Yep. So, anything else you got for today? I'm done. I'm all out of love. I'm all out of things. Find you a 36 millimeter watch. Next time you see one, try one on, and you're going to be in the same position I am. Buy a Pulsar G10 from eBay. I don't want a G10. Or a Falcon 2. We've talked about this. <laughs> hey, you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. Or at WatchClicker. If you want to check out the website, you can do that at WatchClicker.com. We post reviews, articles, uh, recommend articles just about every week, sometimes multiple times per week. We've got new contributors all the time. Recommend it. If you want to support what we're doing at WatchClicker, you can do that at Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Honestly, you guys... It really, really helps. And we appreciate every one of you that's already supporting. You're keeping the lights on. And don't forget to turn back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.